Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> FringeRadioNetwork.com slash donate. We don't need your money to survive. We pay for the network with our own hard-earned cash. But if you want to help us grow and reach more people, just go to FringeRadioNetwork.com slash donate. For a donation of $20 or more, we'll send you a free network t-shirt. FringeRadioNetwork.com slash donate. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. We're your hosts, Aaron and Matthew Miller. Oh boy, what a day it's been today. We've already did one broadcast. This is the second, the firstborn of creation. A very difficult thing happens when you consult the Greek text with Revelation 12th chapter. Everybody knows the Greek term harpage. It is in the Strong's Concords, and most people talk about it as harpazo. Ladies and gentlemen, you take a look at Revelation chapter 12 and verse 5, you see that this child, this man-child, gets taken to heaven. However, this word form here is, is very strange, but let's get into the isochronal nature of the event, because it is... A cyclical event. Most scholars will readily tell you that prophetically this is talking about Christ. It will tell you that uh, it is prophetically uh, the church, it's prophetically the Jewish people, yada, 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 yada. However, God himself states that time is isochronal, i.e. eschatology is therefore isochronal. It's cyclical. And when we take a look at that, uh, Aaron, what is your immediate thoughts when you take a look at the text of Revelation chapter 12? What's your thoughts? Okay, so obviously there is um, the interpretation on it is there's many different interpretations that are possible there. I've stumbled around on different interpretations for a while, I predominantly stood on the idea that this is something that will happen. This is a prophecy for the last days, but like you said, uh, isochronal nature of time, you know, the things that have been will be, and there's different signs of the same thing happening over, you know, over history, and, you know, a lot of historians will tell you. So, when... It was a long time ago that I had been studying, I had read something that said that uh, Cain, uh, Eve was pregnant while she was in the garden. And she gave birth to Cain afterwards. Uh, I had been reading a little on that, and then uh, one of my dad's friends uh, brought up the idea that possibly that, that Eve was pregnant, and that's what Revelation 12 was talking about. And... He brought the idea to me, and I just kind of thought about it for a while, and I decided I was going to write about it. 
and I was writing, and something hit me that I hadn't thought of before. Okay, so we are, we believe in the literal interpretation of the whole Genesis account. We believe that there was literally a tree of knowledge of good and evil. Right. Okay, so that means there's something physical in the nature of it. Right. They would eat of it, and literally there would be something from it that would enter into their bloodstream and be distributed to all of their body. Right. I see God, when, when we have a resurrected body, there's, there's something that's different about it. That means something has been literally taken out of us. And I think that that thing that was in the body of man when they first sinned, that was sin. Uh, whatever was inside of that fruit literally messed with their genetic code, caused uh, problems physically with them that made them lesser beings. So sin was something spiritual, but it was also the, the, the body was especially affected by which they were separated from God. So, and, and God speaks of, if they were to take a bite from the tree of life, then they would be restored again. Then they could live forever, but still no knowledge of good and evil. Right. So the damage, the poison that was literally in that fruit that you and I still have, that is what uh, messed with them gen on a genetic level. Uh, arguably, they probably would not have had genetic mutations um, in that time, so they would never have deformed children. They would have all been perfect. They would have right. all been, had bodies like Jesus did after his resurrection. Right, right. This, this is the key critical crux of the matter. This child would have been the perfect heir. This child was never born. You understand? Yes. No child has ever been born without sin. Yes. So, so I'm just going to. Uh, I guess it, I didn't straighten my point very clearly. What I came, the conclusion that I came to, was that Eve was pregnant for the fall, and then having eaten eaten the fruit, it killed the child. She had a miscarriage. This was why Genesis says that the day you eat of it, you will surely die. Someone died that day. Right. And this would this would be the the way this literal literal interpretation because this child had not been born. Correct. Yep. It was being knitted together in the womb midstream. So, having it not taken the first breath, where is life, Aaron? Blood. It's in the blood. This is augmented. You become, uh, um, when you take your first breath, of course, is when God breathes into you his breath of life, correct? Never took the first breath. So technically speaking, it was still Eve. Do you understand? What was facilitating its life was Eve's life, correct? Let me say that again. It had not taken its first breath from the Lord's nostrils. But, but it... Right. But the it was still as its own being, not wasn't right. Eve. It was it was another individual, of course. Yes, it was another but, but the point he's making is is that he had he hadn't yet gained complete, you know, independence from his mother. Right. He had not been born. Yeah. So this child was still being developed. We don't know what month he was in. No way to know. Uh Possibly you could find it in Revelation chapter 12. So the, the suggestion that we're making in Revelation chapter 12, that maybe if time is cyclical, the serpent came to Eve for the very purpose to devour that child. For the exact purpose that's, to kill it. Yeah. Yes, that's why it came to Eve and not to Adam. Uh, because Eve was still pregnant with this child. And why... I mean, I have nothing to prove this, but possibly the messianic prophecy had already been stated. The angels knew it. All the creation angels. knew it. That Adam would bear a child that would be the heir to all creation. Right. That right. would be the Messiah. The incarnation of God. And um, it, 
I don't know if you could say that this, I mean, I theologically it would be a mess if we were to say that this was literally an incarnation of Jesus, but it died before it could fulfill the process. I mean, that would be a huge mess with, with that, but, but regardless, I mean, what was Eve's first curse? Greater increased pain in childbirth. Yes, that was immediately the first judgment. And she is taken, and, and this this child, uh, I, don't, I don't know uh, uh, what happened to him, but at whatever point she she obviously would have given birth, but um, to, to the miscarried child, I mean, who knows? What, who, who is it? But we know that uh, if you take Revelation chapter 12, it says the male child was taken up to God right. and his throne. And I suggested that maybe this could be the spirit of Elijah, could be the angel of the Lord. He um, that was first incarnated as Enoch, then as Elijah, then entered Elisha, then uh, John the Baptist. And John the Baptist. And then he will come once again for the last days as one of the two witnesses. So um, I have no proof of that, but I mean, I was arguing myself. Um, who is Enoch or who is Elijah that they could be taken up to heaven? I mean, right. how come, you know, you have Paul or other people who are very, you know, devout people who even know Christ himself. Right. We're not taken up, you know, but, but I mean, why, why were, why were these individuals able to? Well, as we were saying that this child would have not, would have never, uh, um, they would have, he would have never sinned. First right. of all, would he had never sinned, but he also would not have the sin in his flesh. So every child nowadays in a miscarriage, even though the child is, has, is not guilty of sin, right. they still suffer the consequences right. of Adam's sin. It's, it's referred to as the uh, the original sin. Right. We don't suffer the guilt of Adam, but we suffer the consequences, which is death. Right. The and, effects. And also the sinful nature within our flesh. And so, uh, because of the, that's what made this child so much different. Well, um, but something obviously must have entered its bloodstream to kill it, and that was his mother's blood. But yes, he he would have not had the original sin as part of him. And 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 more importantly, let's define this. Okay, in the beginning there was Adam, right? You know how the Book of Hebrews describes the first Adam, right? Yes. The first Adam was broken in half, right? Yeah. The woman came from Adam. What this child was, was what had been broken in two, God had put back together in that womb and created literally the first Adam. <laughs> this would have been the firstborn of creation. Do you, do you not understand this? This was the first person ever born, and he would have been born perfect yes and so god uh of course reinforced the fact that the messiah was still coming the uh that the man would crush the head of the serpent and we know that right. jesus died on the on the hill of the skull right so he uh so jesus was still promised to fulfill that so uh there's some significance in uh Genesis chapter 4, when it describes the birth of Cain, that, um, that it literally says in Hebrew, in the first verse, I have gotten a man-child who is YHVH, or the Tetragrammaton. So, literally, she believed that Cain was going to be the Messiah. She thought that she was, he, most importantly, he she knew it would be an incarnation. This was YHVH incarnated. That's right. what the Messiah would be. So, right, right. So this was implanted in the earliest text. But of course, we know Cain was the exact opposite. Right. And um, the the second born was chosen. Right. And, and he was, of course, killed. And, you know, we know what happened with this story. So even here, you have an isochromal event. Abel was killed. So, the first martyr, people consider that the first martyr. Right. <laughs> but 
possibly say that this child was the first murder. The first, literally, right? Exactly. You would have called this 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 first Adam that Hebrews talks about. It was actually the first martyr, and this was the target per using isochrone eschatology in Revelation chapter four. Um. And let's go ahead and read that, shall we? Uh, let's go ahead and read that. So, uh, well, I mean, let's just call each other in true remembrance. Uh, we'll just take it from the top, Revelation chapter 12. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads, and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew a third of part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered, to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up into God and to his throne. So, this gives everybody a remembrance as to the context of what we're talking about here. That this child is very important. And, and when you realize this, the real machination that, that, that Adam, he was perfect. But then he got broken in two. And Eve was created from his rib. And the joining of them two actually was the firstborn of creation that would have been perfect without sin. That child was never born until Christ came. Hebrews illicitly states this. Illicitly states it. And when we go to uh, the Greek and uh, we take a look at uh, this in Hebrews, going to rattle your cage because Harpazo uh, is spelt, well, off the hook. For one, it does not have an alpha. It begins with a what, Aaron? A heta. begins with a heta. And, of course, inside of it, the theta calls up to God. Now, is this a case of case informing Greek? No, this is, this is a prefix. So, quite literally... The first question you ask me is, does this have something to do with alphanumerics? I'm getting ready to blow your mind. Okay? Take a deep breath. What do you think the Septuagint calls Eve? Do you think it uses Eve? No. Nope. It does not. Now, the problem is, is the only time that Eve is spelt this way, you have to uh, uh, realize what is going on. That it is Eva in the Greek. Yeah, it's Eva. You know, yeah, people yeah. Use it, uh, yeah, or or, well, let's just leave it at that. That verse uh, is in First Timothy, a chapter two and verse thirteen. For it was Adam who was first created, and then Eve. Here it is. This form here is guess what? The same exact alphanumerical calculation as that caught up. In Revelation chapter 12, verse 5. So this is a direct key link into exactly the prophetic narrative. You can only see this in the alphanumerics. I also wanted to, wanted to suggest, like, what are the stars on her head, the 12? Well, I suggested that, uh, that Genesis, uh, that uh, the whole gospel was something isochronal as well. Mm-hmm. That the Watchers were 12 uh, angels who were called by God for the purpose of keeping and guarding, you know, the people, the, the mm -hmm. sons of men. And uh, this is just a theory of mine, or a hypothesis. And that, uh, that when Jesus says, one of you is a devil, we have... Uh, an inkling of what was going on at the time. That these seven stars over her head, I mean the twelve stars that are over her head, are the angels who were set to guard her. Okay. The um, 
perhaps you could say the Guardians of Eden or something like that. We know that the uh, the uh, Ezekiel chapter 28 goes into detail about right. the about an entity that was in Eden, in the exact words, with the cherub. So, um, right. so most Hebrew translations will say he is the cherub, but the Greek will say he was with the cherub. With the cherub, right. Um, and, and we're and we're so now when people say what was this how is this dragon anything having to do with the serpent was satan was satan taking the form of a dragon or something well we uh, this is why i believe um that, that well one of the things that i think is very literal um later on in this chapter yes he is called a Ophis or a serpent, the serpent of old. But uh, can we go to Genesis chapter three, verse one? Okay. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Okay. So um, the word for serpent here in Hebrew is nakash, and it means a whisperer. It's it's also a used word. It's a word used for a witch in in the well, Testament, in the sense that there was a spirit, something speaking through it. Right. And so that was why people called it a nakash. That's why, ser why serpents are called that in Hebrew, because they knew an entity had spoken through it. And we knew the same thing happened with Judas Iscariot. That's right. But Judas Iscariot was also to blame. Right. Judas, I mean, Judas wasn't like completely free of the blame by which he was, you know, uh, forgiven for everything that he did. No, it says that he was he was he had abandoned his throne, and basically he abandoned his office in the same sense that Azazel abandoned his office. Right. And so uh, there was a motive here. And then it says the serpent was more crafty. The word in Hebrew is arum, uh, and it, and it literally means wise. And I think it's basically saying it was more sentient than anything else on earth. That it was. A creature, which would be more described as a dragon nowadays, uh, was was more sentient than all the other animals. Nowadays, only hu only humans are the only sen uh, sentient things. But here, it's saying basically, this one was the most sentient of all the beasts that were on the earth. And this this creature, uh, it has legs, as we know. Its curse was to go on its belly. And just so you know, the scientific community backs this up. They say that there's scientific evidence that it once had legs. Nyx once had legs. But it would have been more like a, what we would call a dragon now. I don't know if it would be an exact thing of what we have now with snakes. But this thing would have had functioning vocal cords more like humans do. Or I, I'm not sure how it would have been able to speak. Because now they don't, snakes, nowadays snakes don't have the same sort of vocal cords. But that could have to do as, as either part of their curse or gradual, um, uh, mutations over long periods of time. We call that microevolution that that could have occurred. But literally, um, you, we have this the, the most sentient creature on Earth. Uh, it seems, perhaps for the same purpose that Judas Iscariot turned on Jesus, the same way. I mean, and it's it's the exact same thing. Uh, this is so clear how it's so isochronal that Satan has always used pawns. Yeah, from the very beginning. He's always used scapegoats. He, his first, very first was the serpent. Then he used um, Cain. Right. Then he used Azazel at the um, fall. Right. Then he used Judas Iscariot at the crucifixion. At the crucifixion. Right. And now we're going to have the false prophet or um, Beast right. from the Sea, whichever one. And literally both, in a sense. Both. And remember, even they have a scapegoat because they make the image. And it's the image that makes everybody do everything bad, right? So we have a triplicate scapegoat scenario going on here. Yeah. So uh, literally, no, we know that Satan puts his hands behind his back and he passes off his authority to uh, Azazel. The best, the best thing I can use to describe Satan is like a Pharisee. Or a politician. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't want to get their hands dirty, so they're going to pay off someone else to go do it for them to get their hands dirty. But he knows they're going to get the punishment and not him. Right, exactly. But we know he had the curse in the end. It right. said that 
Christ would crush his head. Right. In the end. But that that's key critical. I mean, to realize what Satan really is. He's he's always done this. He's always how is Satan still in heaven? Why is he still counted among the angels and he's not gonna fall to the last days? This is a very reason. Because he's always done that. I mean, it's not like God but of course God knows that he's done it. But, you know, in a I mean, he has been punished in a sense, but he hasn't committed the grave sin. The the grave sin that he's got the pawns to do. And he hasn't got his hands dirty, he still hasn't. But even still, God knows he'll get what he's got coming to him. Because in the end, once he's lost all his pawns, what's he going to do? That's right. And that's after the uh, thousand-year reign. That's right. That's when he's out of pawns. That's right. He is effectively out of pawns. He's in the abyss for a thousand years. We know that's going to have massive uh, damage uh, incurred on his psyche. Uh, I mean... We know that it's sensory deprivation. It's basically how it's, how the abyss is described. Right, but 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 you're talking this punishment being inflicted on a creature that is sensory perception and making something darkness when its central being is light. And is fire. light is yeah. We we can't even go there. Um, they have perception way beyond our uh, five senses. Uh, so, literally speaking, we have no idea the level of damage. Now, we know what happens to uh, the horde that's in the abyss presently. They come out absolutely psychotic. It's permanently, they come out psychotic and immediately... Well, lucky Jesus saves us from, from them the first right, time. Right, the first time. Uh, because it would have been game over. Because... You know the very first thing that is stated when they come out, the very first thing is, is is stated is, no, you can't kill nobody. You can only torment them for what? The amount of time your sons were tormented, which was five months. Yes, that, that was as long, about as long as the flood was on the earth. That's right, 150 days. It plainly states that. So uh, we can isochronally look at that. Um, yeah, there's no way on this time period with... With our axial tilt at 23.4, there's no way to get 150 days in five months, yet that's plainly what Genesis states happen. And once this happens, with the amount of psychic um, manipulation these entities can do to your mind that we already know they can do, I doubt you can even know, you won't even, you'll, you won't even know it's real anymore. Uh, I doubt. You will, you will have a fairly good reckoning of what hell is without being there. And that's all I want to say. Now, we do know that uh, God inflicts the most severe punishment because God says that uh, it's so bad that people will gnaw their tongues because they're not allowed to die. Yeah. You understand? This is where the idea historically comes for zombies. This is where it comes from. Yes. And when, when we're saying this, um, when are we trying to provoke fear in you? In a sense, yes. In another sense, um, if you're a Christian and you're living your life right, you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And this is like people, pastors say that the, that preaching the pre-tribulation rapture is preparing people for this. No, you don't even understand what the tribulation is for. The tribulation is for purification right. of his people. But if you are in the right place at the right time, you don't want to be out there with them. Right. And that's why you need to be living your life right now. So, um, but yeah, back to this, this child. So, um, any other opinions who this male child could be? Was it, uh, uh, incarnation of Christ? Was it, it, is it the spirit of Enoch and Elijah giving, Elijah giving the same, giving the suggestion that they're both the same person? Well, well, now, now wait a minute, let's, let's qualify that. Christ himself said that John the Baptist was Elijah, if you're able to accept it, correct? So, so, so we're not going to argue with Jesus. Okay. Yeah, and, and the angel Gabriel told Zechariah, his father, that he will go with the spirit and power of Elijah. Of Elijah, right. So, so we know that he was, uh, in a, it was it, we know that he had the spirit just the same as Elijah did. Right. Elisha, Elisha did. Because what was given to Elisha? The Holy Spirit wasn't wasn't described as given to him. Right. I guess in a sense, it 
it was, in a sense, given to him. But still, it, it gives the wording that the spirit of Elijah, a portion of his spirit, goes on to him. And so, basically, are we saying that the spirit has taken certain avatars over time? It's not a god. It, it's not God. It's, it's this child uh, continually serving the Lord. Is it the angel of the Lord? I mean, what can we know? Do you have any suggestions on who it could be? No, I don't. No, I don't. The only But it makes sense if he was taken up where are the martyrs under the altar. And it says that this male child is taken up to God and his throne like a martyr. And, yeah. And I'm wanting to really pepper what I say here because, technically speaking, what everybody says is absolutely wrong and you'd almost have to absolutely reject that because Jesus was not born and taken to heaven. No, no, he wasn't. No, 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 he wasn't. No, he wasn't taken to heaven. Now, he was taken to Egypt when he fled, right? He was not taken to heaven. So, no, 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 no. I outright reject that. So, so basically, so, so you reject the idea that it was an incarnation of Christ. So, I mean, we both are being as careful as we can on this. It's not directly stated, but in the same, on the Christological hymn that we talked about um, earlier today, mm -hmm. in the same hymn where it says uh, that he was the firstborn of the dead, it also calls him the firstborn of all creation. Right. So, uh, was this, does this mean that he was the first child? He, he, but, but, but in a sense, because of the sin, he was returned to God's side. I don't, it does say that the, it does, I'm going to say this. The Revelation says the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. It does. And so, we got to find that verse. Okay. Um, really? Um, let's see here. It is Revelation chapter 13, 8. Check the editor, Yep. Yes, it does. So you have the Adidorugia version of Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. You can find the translation in the KJV, probably in the Geneva Bible as well. Right. So, um, right. so literally, he was slain from the foundation of the world. So you could suggest that this was, that possibly this was Jesus before he was, I mean, right. there's two things that could happen here that were, show, that were not showing enough respect. Or, you know, that we're being disrespectful. Because there's, there. I mean, we could be disrespectful in the, in the sense that we're saying that it's not Christ, and it was. Or the opposite could happen. Well, well, no. Let me clarify what I'm saying. What modern theologians say today, I reject. It was not Christ at the time of his birth from Mary. Okay? Prophetically, I'm saying that Revelation chapter 12 could be referring to Christ being the firstborn child in the garden. Yes. And Not born when he was born from Mary, so let me clarify. So this, does this, does this explain the very possibility of how he was both the firstborn of creation and the firstborn of the dead? That he was literally the first child ever to be born and he, on earth. And he was finally born. Okay, don't you understand Look, ladies and gentlemen, look, the only way you could pull off the firstborn of creation, if it had been aborted, was to do what? Have a virgin birth from God himself. Correct? No, really. Correct? That's the only way to do it. This massively explains all the technical details. But you have to believe what it's saying. If somebody's drilled into your head that Revelation chapter 12 is about Jesus when he was born from Mary, no, no, that don't make sense. He was not taken to heaven. He was taken to Egypt to avoid being slaughtered by Herod, correct? The only way this could be true of Jesus if he was that baby that was miscarried in the garden. That would be the only mechanism to where all this makes sense.
Now all of a sudden he's the firstborn of creation and the firstborn from the dead. This makes prophecy work. It makes it mechanically work. So when we go back, well, and let's state this again. This would make it literally true whenever it is said, the day you eat of the fruit, you will surely die. Yes. Because you realize that Eve did not know what was going on until this event happened. And she would have went into false labor. She would have had the baby and realized, oh my God, this is a little Adam. But could you also say that that um, perhaps he didn't die till he was born? He was born and he died s straight after because it says he was taken up when he was after right after the miscarriage. I'm, right? I'm not I'm not sure what you could say about that. But um, when you say why was why was he born of a virgin? I'm per I mean, because arguably, arguably, this would be a, would this be a child of Adam? A child that, that this was born of the union between Adam and Eve, right? And not a virgin birth. But but why we had to have a virgin birth was because you couldn't have. First of all, it was a sign. Second of all, the sin of man. And this child would not have had that sin anyway. It would not have had the sin of Adam. Do you understand? Yes. It's the other side of the equation. Okay? Here, let me explain it this way. It was the wholeness of Adam, literally, too. Because, because, it, because like you said earlier, Adam had been divided, and it was reunified. Right, right. It was the reunification without the sin. Adam carried the sin. Yeah, well, both of them. And so, so I want to no point out something to you. That God said to Adam, he said, the day you eat of it, do not eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge, because the day you eat of it, you will die. Eve, when she, the serpent asks her, she says, the Lord says, not to eat of it, and do not even touch it. Right. I don't know if God told her something else. Did Adam t add the not, add, not touch part? I don't know. And some people say that was the first sin she made, was that she added to what God said. But I don't know. Did God add, uh, give that extra part on her because you're bearing the child? Don't even touch it. Hmm. And and because that was because when at, God first told this to Adam, Eve wasn't born yet. This is true. This is true. Now 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 wait a minute. You you said it wrong. Eve was never born. She was yeah. She was not created yet. She was formed. She born was yet. formed. She was never created. She was formed. Yes. Remember the Hebrew states that very clearly. She was formed, not created. So. Like I said, the only way to invert this equation, set this equation on its head so it works, is to start with a female instead of the male, have her be a virgin, and be uh, uh, God making the, the fertilization to recreate this perfect Adam, which, of course, Hebrew prophetically states is what actually happened. Yes. And so, so even though... Um, uh, Joseph and Mary were were not, you know, close relatives. But do you understand? Someone brought to me recently that the the idea that um, people were performing incest before the, you know, uh, uh, before the flood and after the flood and all of that, and that would have caused caused deformities. And I said, do you understand why incest causes deformities? It's because um, it, we all have. Uh, uh, deformities in our genes because of sin. Because of sin, those genes have been messed up, and over time, the gene pool has gradually gone got more messed up. But when people who are close, but they are become a rarity. They do not appear as often uh, if if people don't marry each other. If they marry people of their own family, the the chances of of getting those deformities gets doubled, and and even more. So you have a higher chance of getting those same deformities because um, you're taking two of the same bloodline and the same genetics and adding them together. This would not happen. It was way too early in the gene pool for those deformities to appear between Adam and the flood and all of that. But um, And that's why God established the incest laws in by Moses' time 
was because that was when it started causing problems. But um, but basically, um, if Adam, if Joseph were to have sex with Mary, and that would be Jesus. Well, first of all, it would be an imperfect sacrifice, and second of all, right. that it, it, he would not have been a, a second Adam. He no, would not he would because because he would have been he would have been carrying those two genes would cause right would two be, sets of genes would be bringing two different deformity problems right. into it's the not, equation right and, and that's not only that also um, Joseph was of the line of Jeconiah. And Jeconiah was cursed never to have anyone come up from his bloodline to sit on the throne. So he couldn't be the father, right. of course. But um, but this would be the very reason, one of the big reasons why God used a virgin birth with Mary. Because he wanted to make a perfect Adam. You know, he wanted to make something just like he did in the first day. But of course he was still, I, I believe that he still suffered the original sin. Because of course he died on the cross. He right. could not have been tempted if he never right. had, if he didn't have the sinful nature within his flesh. But right, right. Overcome it. But, um, but even still, he was the second Adam, and that was um, God doing that same purpose. If you got the two very first people, basically their first child would be the unity of what God had done. It was the. Um, why we use the different wording? The, the Bible uses different wordings for Adam's creation and Eve's formation. Why does it use the difference? Because Eve was taken from living material. Adam was taken from non-living material. Right. It's different from creation. When we say creation, we're referring to non-living things coming to living things. Right. And that's all. And when people say that you can make life in a in a lab, no, that's not true. Because no one no. can do that. They already no. take an already living cell and edit right. it. Right. That's what they've continually done. And in a sense, God, this is what God did with Eve. He took an already living thing, he took from Adam. And formed it. And formed from it. Right. Genetically engineered in a sense. Is right. what he did. And so, but when Eve came with Adam together, they would have had the perfect... They would have had the perfect heir. Yeah, he would. he would literally be the second Adam. Exactly, he would have been the second Adam, and it just. But I noticed that she said this, that Eve said the same wording. Um, I've, I've have gotten a male child who is YHVH. A male child, and here Revelation chapter twelve, we have male child. Male child, right? So, um, perhaps correlation with the same points. With the same points, right? Going to the next level beyond the alphanumerics, yes. But so, so this is all blowing your mind that Cain might not have been the firstborn. So, isochronally speaking, of course, the next step you have to go is to the Emmanuel Elohim, as stated in the Psalms. The Emmanuel prophecies from Isaiah chapters 7 and 8. We're not going to go into that now, but uh, boy, this makes the text explode off the paper. And... Um, do you have any uh, Jewish sources, anybody else that's, that's come up with these ideas? Yes, let's, let's take a look here. Um, this is um, uh, Rashi's commentary um, on the Pentateuch. Uh, he, he mentions, he, he puts the, uh, we have the, uh, the citation that is correlated in the Genesis Rabbah, but he points out in... Um, uh, in Genesis chapter four verse one, it says uh, that man, that the man knew already before the events t took place, before he had sinned and driven out from the Garden of Eden. So also the conception of Cain took place before this. It had been written. Um, it shows the rod, the wordings that it should imply that he was driven out before he was driven out. Children were born to him, and the um, citation used by the Genesis Rabbah um, or the Bereshit Rabbah. Um, so this, it says that they had sexual relations on the day they were created, and they had children. I mean, of course, they, they didn't, I mean, they couldn't have literally had children on the day they were created, because, you know, because of the gradual process of, you know, development of a child. But if it was in the same year, and then you have the processes of how long it would have taken for the child to be born, 
that must have been about about the time when she was about to bear the child was probably when she sinned. Right, and we have another tie-in here. I wasn't going to uh, talk about it, but um, let's do this. We have a further prophetic reference that we can look in as to the identity of this child. Um, you realize, uh, Aaron, that... Um, well, let's just do this. Remember that Jesus said that Elijah was John the Baptist, if you're able to accept it. How old or how pregnant was Elizabeth when John left in her womb? The Bible clearly states the number of months it was. It was five months. Um, let's... Yep, right there. So... Um, it was about the time that um, Gabriel came and met um, Mary that it was about the fifth month. And so, some have suggested, even dared to suggest, that Elijah was an incarnation. And I, I'm i careful on it, but let's suggest, we do have to point this fact out. That Elijah bears two names of God. El and Yah. Yes, he does. Some even say um, that the angel of the Lord is named Yahuel, which is literally the inversion of that. Yah-El. Right, Yah-El. Yahuel, basically. Right. He bears two names of God. That's his name. What Elijah is. Right. So this is a further tie-in as to why John the Baptist would have leaped in the fifth month which is the same exact month that, uh, of course, um, the same exact time frame uh, that the punishment uh, from those that ascend up from the abyss is allowed to inflict on humankind. So this is another prophetic tie-in as to when miscarriage could have happened. It could have happened in the fifth month. Eve was five months pregnant when the event of the fall happened. Now. Boy, this is probably rattling everybody's cage. But, me but mechanically, it's a way that the scripture makes sense. It's explaining a lot of things, right? You could you could say that he. I mean, you could say two things, and we haven't. We don't stand anywhere firmly yet. This was one of the most, one of the most, you know, edgy topics we ever touched on, but. He could have been a messiah in a sense. I mean, a, a, a messiah means an anointed one. I mean, a, a priest is a messiah. In a sense. An anointed one, yeah. I mean, I, he could have been an anointed, an anointed one in a sense. And, in that's that what, sense. And, that, and that's what Elijah is. And would be why he... And he became the angel of the Lord. could say that. And that he was the one who went ahead of the Israelites. He was also John the Baptist, who went ahead of Jesus, and there's so there's that possibility. Or yep. it was literally Jesus slain, the foundation of the world. And there's literally two problems that we could cause. We could show disrespect to the name, or not enough respect. So um, we're not told too much about it. The Bible didn't come out and say it, but. Um, off the hook um, absolutely off the hook Aaron uh, boy I bet we blew a lot of minds tonight yeah blew our own minds especially with that moment about the flame before the foundation of the world We, we but we knew we had to find the verse for it we're not gonna you know preach off of something we don't have physical evidence for right uh, that is uh, correct but um, well um, let's see this is uh this is Christian conspiracy theory, though, right? Yep. And uh, and this is the reason that we say this is not thus saith the Lord. The Bible didn't come out and say it, but we need to talk about the things that he might have been alluding to. Exactly. Um, we need to talk about this kind of stuff and not uh, baseball, apple pie, and Chevrolet. Yeah, like would would like would we base a whole church doctrine on this? No, no we we wouldn't. No. Um, but. But yeah, it's, it's 
it's uh, definitely food for thought, and I hope we strengthened faith rather than weakened it. And I hope that we inspired people to edification instead of entertainment. Um, that's the real thing. Um, you can find us, uh, any of the above, um, Twitter, uh, we're on Facebook, uh, any of the above, just look, uh, look up Matthew Miller, you 49. Really? No, I didn't. <laughs> I did? Really? Oh, crap. Yeah, I was. <laughs> oh, well, you'll have that. This is my Twitter. <laughs> uh, that's it right there. Uh, uh, anyway, um... How can they get a hold of you, Aaron? Um, on, I'm definitely on Facebook. You can get a hold of me on that. Uh, that's just Aaron Miller on Facebook. I should, I'm friends with my dad on there, of course. And um, uh, if you want to get a hold of me on Instagram, I don't post, post a lot of, you know, most of my scriptural studies on Instagram a lot. But you can definitely get a hold of me on there. Uh, you can go uh, Punk Mo Rocker, and that'd be P-U-N-K underscore uh, P-U-N-K-M-O underscore rocker and that, that's how you can find me on there um, but yeah just direct message me on either if you have any questions or you know topics or message my dad and um, yeah uh, definitely if you have any uh, suggestions uh, for shows that me and Aaron can do by all means riddle us away so, till next time, ladies and gentlemen, hey, God bless, God speak. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this special bonus footage that is not included in the video uh, for this episode, Firstborn of Creation. Aaron, you, you brought up some pretty, pretty startling things after we were done with the episode. Why don't you go ahead and share those now? I pointed out that that David's firstborn was actually actually died. So uh, the firstborn child of David was the son of Bathsheba. This child was before Solomon, and because David's conspiracy to kill Uriah, who was Bathsheba's husband. Uh, for that reason, the prophet Nathan, described in Second Samuel chapter 12, he came and cursed the child on account of this sin, and the child got sick and died because of it. And so David starts praying and uh, fasting and weeping for several days until the child dies. And then uh, after, after the child dies, David gets up, stops crying, and... Uh, starts eating again, and they ask him why, and he says, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me, and the child may live. But now he has died. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. Those are verses 21 and 22. To 23, yeah. Which, let's get a little bit further into this. Why do you think this is significant, and what else is specific about how this goes back to the genealogy of, well, Mary? Well, for Mary, uh, through through Mary, whom Jesus technically was actually related to, not Joseph, um, he was actually related to David's son, Nathan, and that was probably the last-born son. And this child some people think was probably named after the prophet because of because of what had happened so an extreme extenuation and fulfillment of Nathan's I mean I don't want to take that step but literally speaking Nathan cursed this this child or pronounced judgment yeah well not necessarily against the child Nathan just pronounced judgment, but it is uh, through this mechanism that it goes back through Mary, um, absolutely off the hook. I had a piece to throw in here, which is pretty extreme, no doubt about that. 
the question always comes up, well, when do you think this child would have been aborted? How pregnant was Eve? Prophetically speaking, we always see the tie-in to the five months, always, especially with the flood. It uh, rained for 150 days, which is on our timeline cannot be five months. At most, it can be, what, 148 days. We go to uh, the book of Revelation. Uh, it, of course, ties out in Revelation chapter 9, uh, the opening of the abyss, uh, this horde uh, that comes from the abyss. And they were not permitted to kill anyone but to torment them for five months, and their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. And it's backed up again, uh, reiterated in verse 10. They have tails like scorpions and stings, and their tails is their power to hurt men, and it reiterates it for five months. We also know Luke 1, 24. After these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant, and she kept herself in seclusion for five months. This incident is, of course, after the baby leaps in her womb the whole nine yards. So this prophetic tie to this fifth month is off the hook. You take note that once you understand the bookends of time itself, once you realize what Daniel was told, once you realize that these bookends are placed around what the text plainly states as the Moed Kits, the Feast of the End, this Feast of the End being times, time, and a half a time, you realize that these events take place right in the middle of well. Revelation chapter 9, uh, those events being poured out during this 1,260-day time frame, this time, times and a half time, this seemingly it's got to be time different than ours because 1,260 days cannot exactly equal 42 months. Yet in this feast of the end, it does. Time is reckoned. So prophetically speaking, if you were going to ask me the question, which month was this child miscarried? I would have to say, ding, 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 month five. We also have prophetic tie-in straight back to Elizabeth. Who was that baby that leapt in her womb? Of course, that had, that was John the Baptist that had the spirit of Elijah, correct? So, double magnification Tying back, tying back, tying back. It, it's just pretty off the hook when you take a deep breath and, and, and think about it. So, Aaron, your, your closing comments tying uh, these things back in. Well, again, this, is, this brings us to the genealogy of Christ. And this, the firstborn, you know, the, the firstborn died twice. The, you know, first the son of Adam and the son of David. So, third time's the charm, then. Third time's the charm. Amen to that. Well, I hope everybody appreciated this bonus footage for the audio and if you have uh, any questions uh, please let us know uh, we will be doing uh, questions and answers uh, Q&A uh, sessions as a matter of fact we're going to do our first one this very day so please get in contact with us let us know your questions or or comments about uh, you know future shows whatever the case may be until next time, God bless. Godspeed.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.